Wrestling Inc. Welcome back. Wake on up. Pour a cup of coffee. Get yourself a breakfast bowl going with some seasoned potatoes with JR's all-purpose seasoning spice on them. It's delicious. I'm telling you. Hi, it's me, your Wrestling Inc. Managing Editor, Nick Hausman, back in the saddle here for another Tuesday Winkly with my good friend, Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. Wakey, wakey, hands on Tuesday, right? That's That wasn't even a plug, Nick. That was a, you were legitimately uh, hyping up JR's sauce there, right? Or his, his uh, what is it? It's the an all-purpose seasoning. So it, could go, oh. goes, it goes well on anything. And I'm not getting paid for this plug here, but I have made it a part of my morning ritual. When I make breakfast now, I make like a breakfast bowl, and I always do a red potato chopped up, spiced with a little oil, and uh, with uh, JR's all-purpose seasoning. And it's great. It's a very good, nice base for a breakfast bowl with some eggs and some veggies in it. That sounds delicious. you got to send me that recipe. Oh. That's awesome. I'm doing great, Hosman. It's oh. great to be here on so this good. jam-packed Tuesday. Yeah, jam-packed, guys. Like we say, you know, I said it last week, and it's rang true. Ratings may be down, but wrestling news is very much up. we got a lot to get to here today. Just last week, last Thursday, we actually broke the news that Impact Wrestling has re-signed, or has signed for the first time, I believe, Willie Mack to a multi-year contract. We actually broke that news on Friday's Winkly over on the Ringside Wrestling app. Go download that every Friday, 2 p.m. Central. You can watch Raj and I talk the top stories of the week. But we got that exclusive. We dropped it right there. Willie Mack back with Impact Wrestling. He's in the news here for other reasons we'll get to on the show later. But here on the show, we're going to release the full interview I did with Willie Mack talking about his re-signing with Impact Wrestling, recently working with the NWA, his wonky Lucha Underground status, and so much more. Also on the show here today, after Willie Mack, we got an interview with independent pro wrestling breakout star. You probably saw him WrestleMania weekend. It is Dustin No Legs Thomas. Have you seen any of the uh, viral videos of No Legs out there? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's awesome stuff. Yeah, it is. It's awesome stuff. Uh, dude, he was one of those where I walked away WrestleMania weekend and I was like, you got to get a mix of big names coming out of the weekend. You got to get a, a mix of the, the breakout names. So we had Marco Stunt uh, a couple days ago. Today, you're going to get no legs. Very good interviews. Both of them. Willie Mack, Dustin Thomas here later on in the show. Also, if you're going to Vegas for Double or Nothing and StarCast 2, we made it official here uh, last week on the show. Wrestling Inc., we are coming to StarCast 2. Here's the details now. Friday, May 24th, 2 p.m. on the podcast movement stage at the Tuscany Suites and Casino. We are going to be presenting Wrestling Inc.'s Pro Wrestling Journalism Panel and Hoot Nanny. Hoot Nanny, Mike. Hoot Nanny says it all. So who else going to be there? You, Raj? What's the deal? It'll be me and Raj, and then we are going to be rolling out some other announcements about what exactly is going to be happening at our Hootenanny, now that I have all the details, it's a lot easier for me to plan. But we're going to have a Hootenanny at, at StarCast 2. And is it too late for me to get in on that action? If you're coming, no, that's fine. Uh, Just uh, you know, I thought about it, Nick. I would love to. But you know how long it takes to get to Las Vegas from here, flight-wise? It's like eight hours or something stupid. Well, let me know. I have already <laughs> submitted our StarCast press credentials. We have a team of eight that is going to be covering StarCast 2 in Vegas. So we've got a big team. All Ooh. of them approved. It's gonna be, we're going to have team coverage. We're going to have a panel. And hopefully i got a couple other fun announcements coming out uh, regarding StarCast and Double or Nothing here and Wrestling Inc. in the next day or so. Very exciting stuff here. Very exciting That's time. That's awesome, man. Very exciting time. And with that, let's get to it. It's time for some news you can use. News that will leave a bruise. Now, I'm going to start off with this story uh, to set the tone 
for other stories we are going to be talking about here on the show. And that is that Pro Wrestling Sheet reports that Raw head writer Ryan Callahan has been released after a reportedly butting heads with David Kapoor, another member of the creative team, a.k.a. Rajan Singh, uh, who, is, uh, you know, who thought that apparently Callahan was not receiving criticism well. It was setting a bad example for the writing team, and so he got released. And on that note, while we're talking about the creative direction of WWE, Triple H also liked and then unliked the following tweet, Michael. The tweet read, Vince McMahon, maybe the problem with the Raw and SmackDown ratings isn't due to wrestlers getting injured. It's that you're putting on confusing and pointless storylines, although it wouldn't hurt if you gave your wrestlers insurance. Just a thought. That's uh, (laughs) a... That's very uh that's very interesting that he would like that tweet. This is um truly news that will leave a bruise to kick off this Tuesday because sure. <laughs> butting heads Ryan Callahan and, and David Kapoor and then the Triple H like there w- would definitely bruise at me because let me let me just talk about here for this this Man. Ryan Callahan situation. Okay. And I think it's less about Ryan Callahan here and more about the fact that the WWE creative team right now and and in the Wrestling Inc article listed all of the people who have been moving through this. It's a rotating door and it feels like everybody who's been there for a few years or a few weeks or whatever in between, they're all leaving and going somewhere else. And yes, they're yeah. filling those spots with other people from the team, but it's just crazy to me that uh, this company, just a few months away from moving over to this huge deal with SmackDown, can't keep its creative team intact. And we, we can all speculate and maybe have good reasons about knowing why that's happening, right? You talk about the creative upheavals and the last-minute planning and the egos that kind of run rampant here. Um, David Kapoor is saying um, that it, you know Callahan didn't take criticism well and was setting a bad example for the writing team. Obviously, that's not good in a place of employment. Right. But when you talk about how crazy and chaotic this wrestling writing environment seems to be from the rumors, it is insane to me um, that they just yeah they just something's got to change there. But here's here's what's crazy to me is I read this and my first thought was this is the cover story. For, you know, we're, our ratings are down. We don't want to put all the heat on one guy, but we're going to fire the raw head writer now because everything's not working out, right? That's what that that's what that story read like to me. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just how it read to me. That feels very short-sighted. You might be right, and actually I think that's a, a great speculation. <laughs> right. But if that was their thought process, how short-sighted is it of them to think that this would deter? It, it's like that tactic about you look at the fire over here and ignore the burning trash can fire behind but, you, right? But, it, it's, it's like... That they don't realize it's adding to the story here that the writing team is a mess because we all know as as people who follow the industry there have been multiple situations like this in recent weeks and months. But I guess maybe WWE, WWE thinks that this one moment will just distract us. Think oh it was all Ryan Callahan's. I don't know. That's but here, crazy. To me. But here's the thing: is it's like you're try, everybody's trying to appease the emperor in his invisible clothes right now, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to pass the heat. That's the first rule of wrestling locker room etiquette, right? It's never it's never the boss's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Vince has got well, very what, good what at that. What was this about Vince? I forgot where this came up, but I read it recently about how you know Vince McMahon wants people who are not. He doesn't want yes men. Yeah. Or, or somebody said they they don't want yes men on the team, but that's exactly what they have because that's what Vince wants. So well, that's crazy. I, I I don't know about that because, you're, you know, we talk about how ratings are down. You can't put it all on one guy. You know, look, they are they're making a lot of additions as much as they are subtractions from the writing team. I feel like more, you know, Bleacher Report writers, guys that worked on reality shows, which was Ryan Callahan's background. Those people seem to be weeded out in favor of more traditional wrestling minds at the moment. I mean, Jeff Jarrett now on the creative team, Bruce Pritchard now on the creative team. Uh, but even with that said, 
I haven't seen any change in the product whatsoever. If anything, I think, and I, I'm, tr- I'm typically not a big doom and gloomer when it comes to like wrestling and stuff. But across the board, for everyone I talk to, fans, other wrestlers, the product is is getting worse. And I feel bad saying that, but man, last night's Raw felt like a fever dream to me, Mike. I had like I got to the main event. I'm watching the SmackDown main event on a show which felt very flat to me. It was just weird to me what was going on last night. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me because I, th- I think you're right, right? The wrestling fan inside of me says, yes, let's get more great wrestling minds in the building, and that will make the product better. Cause, because maybe reality TV writers, they don't quite get what pro wrestling is. Right. And that's not to diss anybody. But however, to your point, I feel like it has gotten worse and worse. And I know we've been huh. saying for years, WWE's been stale creatively. But the fact that you had the lowest ratings uh, of all time or whatever the, the actual metric was for last week's show, a non-holiday, whatever. But the fact that they dropped so low, and then you follow that up with this week's episode, which started out with like 30 to 45 minutes of what felt like just ad-libbed Vince McMahon and SmackDown star content. Oh my God. They cut to a commercial break and came back for more talking (laughs) with, and and part of me, because like they did a couple things differently last night. Part of me feels like they were like, well, you know what? Ratings are down. Put Vince on TV. People can't take their eyes away from this madman, right? They're going to, they're going to watch Vince. So fill up as much time as you can with just pure unbridled Vince on the camera, right? Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting was last night, they didn't put the YouTube videos up as the show was going along, which they mm-hmm. traditionally do. They put up everything after the show was over. So if you're like hearing about Vince McMahon's on TV and you're one of those people that would go over to YouTube to see the first opening clip and you don't see it there, maybe you do turn back in for that second segment there where Vince is still in the ring talking. You know, I, I guess it's like in my head, I see the blueprint, but that seems so sanitized and straightforward. You're expecting people to act in such a Pavlovian way where you know exactly what they're going to do by moving those pieces around. Maybe it works. I don't know. It just seems a little stale or it seems a little uh, sterilized to me. But that's their approach to solving problems, right? Oh, ratings are down. Let's put out the thing that we know juices ratings, which is Vince McMahon or Roman Reigns. Or we'll try to create controversy by, look, these guys showed up. But but instead of it actually being organic, they just tell the audience, look, this is controversial. <laughs> Michael Cole all night. It's so crazy that SmackDown stars are here. No, it's not, it's dude. Not. They were there just a few weeks ago. And then, and then they literally outlined every single feud that was happening to remind you what storylines are taking place. Remember Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre? Yeah, they don't like each other. AJ Styles and Seth Rollins? Yeah, they don't. And and even Vince McMahon, though, he was... I know this wasn't kind of where we were going with this, but he felt like he was off his game last night. He was ad-libbing, and he didn't come across as effective as he typically does. So... It was a mess. And so then you look about this other story here, Triple H potentially liking and unliking a tweet about Raw and SmackDown ratings due and to confusing the a pointless on, story. Dude, but that's the, the the heat of this is on Vince. <laughs> like the heat, like that's what I'm yeah. getting at. It's like, okay, we'll get rid of the reality show guys. We'll bring in the old school wrestling guys. Nothing changes. You want to know why? Because everything goes through the Brita filter that is Vince McMahon. And it all comes comes out tasting uh, purified the way that Vince likes to, to drink his water, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, that, I mean, like, that's that's it. And so on that note, you talk about how Vince felt off his game. We're going to get to a segment here I call Superstar Shakeup Week 4. I feel like <laughs> once a year for four weeks only. Dude, don't, don't talk about it because I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Week 5. And here's the thing. Yes. Now, here's the thing is I, I promised myself I was only going to keep calling them weeks if, like, 
there was multiple people that changed rosters and not just like when it got down to like one person, I was like, you can, st- you can officially say the superstar shakeup is done, but we're far from that right now. We are fully in week four because Vince McMahon and whatever his ramblings were at the top of the show where he was nonsensically trying to dole out decisions and prove himself to be the genius that he is announced something called the wild card rule, which genuinely felt like something he pulled out of his ass while he was talking in the ring to justify what is going on. And on the reason I say that, and again, I am being blunt today, Mike, but here's the thing. The reason I say that is because the show starts off with Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. Great. Cool. Smackdown fully on raw. I got, I'm over. Okay. Week four. So he justifies that they're there by saying we have a new wild card rule where three superstars from each brand can, I guess, like float between shows for the week. It's loose. Um, so you've got these three superstars, but on the same show, you had three more SmackDown superstars, Lars Sullivan, Elias, and Shane McMahon. And I guess Shane, you could make a case, maybe not, but Lars and Elias were there too. Definitely SmackDown superstars. Um, they did address Lars with a backstage confrontation, really never addressed the fact that Elias was there. This just felt like I was getting slapped in the face and being told to eat the pudding when I know the pudding tastes bad. You know, I don't know. Do you remember at the beginning of the show, Vince McMahon said, you won't want to miss tonight's show. It's going to be a a night of shows you'll never forget or whatever. It's going to be historic raw. And then he goes on to book the entire first hour and a half of the show in the opening segments of the show with the wild card rule and everything else. It's insanity how all of this played out. And and if you think about it from like, uh, like if I buy into this reality where WWE universe is a real thing and these superstars are doing this, what was the point of all of these guys coming to raw? Were they just waiting around for their moment? They had nothing else to do. Dude. Like, none of this makes any damn sense whatsoever. No. But I love how Vince McMahon is like, I'm a genius for inventing this. And and it's just, well, man. The, the mm. logic was Roman Reigns decided to just, just go on social media and just say, I'm going to open Raw for whatever reason. <laughs> right? I declare myself for the Royal Rumble. I declare myself for money in the bank. Because <laughs> we live in a lawless wasteland known as the WWE Universe. So Roman Reigns, he calls his shot. And then everybody else's logic was, well, if he can do it, I can do it. I'm going to do what he does because he's the, the guy. We all want to be like Roman Reigns. So that's oh. why they did it. Uh, but yes, and it really felt, you know, and I don't want to, we've been going on this a little bit here, but it, I just, it, I looked at that opening segment and I'm like, this is the problem. Like, and it was so transparent because it felt like the end of the booking meeting for Raw. And they were like, Vince, the show started we got to finish putting the show together. And he's like, I'll finish putting it together in the ring. And he just like goes out there and starts to talk and everybody's coming out going, what's going on here? And he's like, uh, uh, a wild card rule. That's what we're doing here tonight. I mean, we are, we are beyond, we are in the beyond at this point with this one. Well, I think that there's also the issue to here. If you look at the way this played out, what do they follow the segment up with? I know there was the Drew McIntyre Roman Reigns match, but then also we had the tag team match that was set up for the evening, which again, that's their go-to deal here. So yeah, it's, it's just, you got to roll with the punches, but there's a reading ratings are down folks. Yeah. Well, Tyler Breeze, while still listed as a raw superstar as part of superstar shakeup week four, I guess is now going to be acknowledged. I would think soon as an NXT superstar again, as he did show up for NXT TV tapings, uh, where it looks like now the stage could be set for him to face Velveteen Dream at TakeOver for the North American Championship. And honestly, good for you, Tyler. Get out of Dodge. You you didn't seem happy on the main roster. I hope that he finds new life down there and uh, can get some mojo going again. This seems like a reprieve, getting to go back to NXT. It's like, oh, thank God. 
how many stars wouldn't wouldn't love this, right? So I mean, like, this is an yeah. opportunity for Tyler Breeze to go back down there and reinvent himself after being wildly misused and in, in on the main roster, and he gets to go do what everybody else has kind of been wanting to do, right? It's like yeah. if you're given the choice, embrace this. Good. Well, and I would think because he got moved to the main roster and has been there for years, he's making main roster money. So if you're right. making main roster money and then get to stay down in Florida and do NXT, Tyler Breeze may be the biggest winner in the Superstar Shakeup. Nick everybody's making main roster money right now because AEW's in town. <laughs> That's true. And we will get to that here in a bit. And, but on that, uh, Liv Morgan released a missing person poster, and I'm putting this in the Superstar Shakeup because I do believe that she is now part of SmackDown and they broke up the Riot Squad, but we haven't seen her on SmackDown yet since the Shakeup. So stay tuned. Week five, we may see Liv Morgan coming back to Raw because <laughs> I think that they could have gotten a little gun shy on this one, you know? Month, month two, you mean. Let's just call it what they are now. They're months of Superstar Shakeups. That's true. Week five would kind of be the beginning of month <laughs> two of the Superstar. You know, and it's, you know, it's just, it's like, a, it is like a, it's like a long joke now, but like, mm-hmm. this is, this is it. This is how we're burning people out. And, you know, I brought up the, the case last week where I think that, you know, there was, a, I think there was a bigger chunk of fans than people are crediting that just got turned off by the, the Crown Jewel Saudi stuff. Maybe a couple other things that WWE was doing. Uh, maybe Hogan you could throw in there. Whatever. Just a general tone of this is gross. I'm, I'm going to turn out. But if that's if you're kind of on the fence at that point and you're like looking at the product right now and you're already a little grossed out, you're going. You're just going to leave, right? You yeah. Know? When you feel like you're taken advantage of as a fan, and, and and to your point, I think there was probably one or two things that set this up, but I think now we're seeing the payoff of it, right? If you were kind of turned off back in November, but you're like, you know what, I really dig WWE, so I'll give it a little bit longer, October, whenever it was. Yeah. And, and it continues to go downward. At a certain point, it's not worth your effort. It's why people tune out of all sorts of shows, right? And, and WWE is not immune to that syndrome. For a long time, they have been because they were pro wrestling and they were a brand and pro wrestling fans came here. But nowadays, the entertainment industry is different and i think we're seeing the results of seeds that have been sown over years now in this company well uh we are going to get the train back on the tracks here tonight on smackdown michael because shane mcmahon is going to crown new wwe smackdown tag team (laughs) champions all right isn't there just like a by default winner at this point with like how many teams are still on that roster i have to believe that he's going to crown himself (laughs) and elias the tag team champions right but the four active tag teams current there are four active tag teams on SmackDown at the moment, Michael. They are Heavy Machinery, the B team, Nakamura, Nakamura and Rusev, and the Colognes. That's, that's <laughs> wait, a pretty... wait, the Colognes are still with WWE. I don't think I knew this. Is this? Yeah. Oh sure, they came out. Remember, they were like Paul Heyman's uh, uh, muscle when uh, Shelton Benjamin took on. Uh, who was it? Seth Rollins on the road to WrestleMania there. Yeah, oh, they- that's right. They were. You're right. Oh, yeah. And that's a division for you. That's a tag team division right there. And you know what? I miss I miss put this here because I didn't know the clones had moved either. But if they're going to be on SmackDown Superstar Shakeup Week Four, the clones were last seen on Raw. Now SmackDown Superstars. So maybe that's why you were confused as well because the last time you had seen them was on Raw. Um. So of these four teams, Heavy Machinery, B-Team, Nakamura, Rusev, Colognes, I mean, I guess, I mean, but he's a heel, so he's not going to give it to a baby, so maybe Nakamura, Rusev, but realistically, I think these titles go to, to Shane and Elias tonight. 
Yeah, there's no way one of the other teams, like, what do you do? You're going to catapult the Colognes, the longest reigning tag team of these four, <laughs> into uh, a tag team championship picture? It doesn't make any sense. There's nobody on that roster who, in my mind, makes sense for this championship other than Shane and a partner. What if they get repackaged as the Colognes, right? But spelled like Cologne, like you wear, which smells nice, right? Uh... <laughs> Which is more don't, more appealing, you know. Don't say that out loud. Somebody's <laughs> going to take you seriously. The the raw writer who's stuck listening to our podcast to make sure we don't say anything bad. There, <laughs> take that defense directly. I like it. Maybe they have a little booth in a mini mall, right, where they sell cologne, and we can do vignettes where they're in their kiosk, you know, giving people cologne samples, and then occasionally wrestlers will come by, insult them, and that will be the start of their feuds. This is like actually a new idea for the WWE Network, a, a TV, a reality series. The, <laughs> the colognes get their cologne business off the ground. Colognes, colognes, you know. <laughs> that's oh, good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> forward, looking forward. <laughs> like how you say that's good to reassure the audience. No, you guys actually do like this. Like, just like WWE, it mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm a genius. I am a genius. Uh, Wrestling Observer. Uh, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna look forward here a little bit. So where are we going here? At, we're gonna look forward to WrestleMania 36. The Observer reporting WWE is not gonna do Charlotte versus Becky at WrestleMania. It sounds like no longer the plan. They're gonna face off at Money in the Bank. There is another secret opponent now, I guess, in mind for Becky. Uh, they note if Ronda does come back after having a baby or whatever, she could possibly be the opponent. But that's not who they have in mind. So who is the person? to get everybody fired up to watch Becky Lynch wrestle at WrestleMania 36. I, I don't have an idea, Nick. I, that's crazy to me. Unless you're doing something with Sasha and you're going to bring her back and create some kind of, you know, returning storyline for her. I, I think it's insane that, um, not insane in like a bad way, but just it really kind of like, hmm, it gets me thinking, who could they put in that position to really challenge? Is a legend? Is there a legend out there that would be a good fit for this? I kind of thought Trish. Maybe. Yeah. Right, but I don't. But even that, it's like mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who the other woman is that they could really get something out. I mean, Mandy Rose. Maybe they're gonna get, fire her up and build to something with Becky and Mandy. I know they got a lot of interest in her, but I don't know. I don't know who it could be. Becky and Bailey, maybe. I mean, Bailey's. They've been kind of simmering on her for a while. But maybe they do something with her. Pull the trigger. Sure. Maybe it's maybe it's Becky Steph. The, you know, <laughs> Becky and Steph. They've been there done i mean they've done similar storylines that could be something yeah i mean there's you know sure if becky lynch is going to be lady steve austin then stephanie can be lady vince she's the new genius well there's also the possibility that they do something kind of outside the box and bring up Shayna baszler for that spot yeah that but could be good i thought about that too but i feel like in a year to get somebody up to a main event position for wrestlemania i don't know that they would do that right now I think it would have to be somebody established. And yeah, actually, honestly, the more I think about it in the way they're, this is coyly written, I think Becky versus Stephanie. I think that maybe <laughs> that kind of makes the most sense to me if you're going to yeah. do uh, something that's buzzy and different. Uh, um, PWInsider.com reporting that despite garnering heat recently backstage, Leo Rush was offered a five-year, $300,000 a year contract, but has turned it down. Apparently, Leo Rush wanted double the money. His contract is... <laughs> Pause for the audience laugh track, please. His contract I'm is sorry. up sometime. That's mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. He wanted double the money. His contract is up sometimes in 2020. Apparently, he has 
repeatedly requested his release so that he can go <laughs> show WWE what he can do outside of WWE and you know become a star. Um, he has been pulled from the upcoming European tour. He is no longer the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley, and Rebby Hardy took to Twitter to call him trash. So not a good line of stories there for Leo Rush. I feel like in his attempt to make his case, he may have hurt himself. Does that does that sound right? Yeah, I feel like he saw this big tagline, AEW, double or nothing, and he took that a little bit too seriously. <laughs> double the money. You know what? Yeah. Double the money. Double the money. I, I just I think he's grossly overestimating his value out there. And this is not to to smash him because I don't know him personally, but you hear the stories about him having heat backstage, somebody like Rebby Hardy calling him trash on Twitter in a public venue. You hear about all of this, the way he's been used almost solely as a mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley in any kind of meaningful fashion. Yes, he's had some matches. And then they offer him this 300K contract and he turns it down for because he wants double the money. It just feels like there's a little bit of insanity in this whole news cycle. I mean, I'm not saying you sign your life away just because WWE offers you the money, but for a talent in Leo Rush's position. And we're not talking about one of these big names. We're not even talking about the Revival who have this his, this kind of this story past. Leo Rush doesn't have any of that cachet, I don't feel like. And and so, man, I just got to think this guy, he is, it, it goes from being kind of prideful in oneself to being just flat out, <laughs> I don't know, dreamy. I, I don't know what he's thinking. Well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that they've just, like, they're going to not release, it doesn't sound like they're going to release him. They don't want to release anybody because AEW is in the room right now, but they just got him at home, right? He's not making any money on merch. He's just getting whatever his downside is. You know, there's no extra income coming for him. And, you know, yeah, I think that you're right. He's just looking for the door so he can try to make some more money elsewhere, maybe leverage an AEW deal, but that's not going to happen anytime soon, it sounds like. And, you know, you brought up the revival, and the revival... Did you see what they had to do on Monday Night Raw? What they did? <laughs> oh, God. Unfortunately, I did see that, Nick. Oh, my God. I texted Raj, and I was like, I'm losing my, my faith in humanity right now as I'm watching this. Um, and yeah. then here's the thing about that kind of segment, right? So if you saw last night's show where they had the Icy Hot or the Usy Hot or whatever they stupid thing they branded it as last week, and they had to kind of act out like, oh, man, it's so spicy, hot in my genital area, right? So this segment is so bad for multiple reasons, but the biggest reason to me, set aside here we think it's for personal vendettas backstage because they want to leave and they will let them go. They're going to embarrass them, right? Set aside all of that. To me, this did nothing to get the Usos over or to put more heat on the revival. So this segment did nothing, let alone it wasn't funny. Funny, The audience sat on their hands. And, and you talk about poor ratings. Well, here's a 10-minute segment that does absolutely nothing that hurts two of your top talents in the tag team division. H hello, somebody wake up and smell the coffee beans, right? I can't believe that there would be disgruntled tag team talent that doesn't think that WWE takes their tag team division seriously. I mean, for, for, for real here. What is what, there's like almost no SmackDown tag team division. You go over to Raw, and this is what the title picture looks like right now. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And <clears throat> what's interesting to me is like, you know, we're going to talk about Sasha Banks here in just a second. You know, Sasha Banks, she decides to just go home, sit out her contract. She doesn't want to be a part of her anymore, so they're going to probably wind up like extending her contract, so she'll be there forever. She like sold her soul to Vince, I guess, whatever. Um, but the revival, they're like, we will actually show up to work and do what you ask us to do so we can leave in a timely fashion. And this is what they're being given right now. It's weird to me that they, they're getting this kind of treatment when the other team across from them in the ring, the club, they don't sound like they're going to be uh, sticking around. And they're just watching this all play out. 
and Dean Ambrose, who allegedly is no longer with the company, who got treated like a rock star on the way out of the company. I, I don't I, I, I don't know what kind of messages are being sent here. I guess if it's like if you if you're gonna make noise in the locker room and you're gonna be loud about it, you're gonna get treated this way. If you're just gonna quietly leave and be yeah. respectful about it, we will not put you through this. I guess is where I'm getting into my long winded the, way. The revival definitely made more of a stink in their desire to leave, and the other two teams or the other two parties you mentioned, the club and Ambrose, did not do that. But I do think it's interesting to your point, they came and showed up to work, that if you look at the way they sold this, yes, they sold the segment, but if you watch it all the way through, they oversold it by, by acting so ridiculous, especially up on the stage where they're flopping around like a fish and rolling around. You can tell they're doing what they're asked to do, but they're making it so ridiculous that nobody can take any of this seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but that's the thing is why I would pull these guys from TV then like do what you did with the club. If you're just going to go out there and like intentionally try to like quasi sabotage the show. I mean, granted, look, you know, the WWE had a hand in sabotaging themselves with that segment. You know, I mean, it's just it's just not worth doing it, especially at a point right now where rating ratings are down. People yep. are leaving. Why do these kinds of shenanigans right now? You know? It's the wild card rule, man. Anything can happen in World Wrestling Federation. Uh, wild card rule. <laughs> Double my pay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> Let's get Leo Rush out here. He's worth 300k. Ah. So we talked about how Sasha, she is not working right now. She's at home, and uh, the Observer reporting that um, because she's not gonna work and show up, uh, she lost her spot at Money in the Bank, and she was replaced by Dana Brooke. Who, by the way, I thought Dana Brooke looked the best, the healthiest, the happiest I've seen her in a long time on Monday Night Raw last night. Do you? Yeah. you know, right. She's had some. I mean, she had some personal things going on about a year and a half. When was it? Her her boyfriend fiance passed away right mm -hmm. um so i know she had some things in the background that happened to her a while back am i mistaken in thinking that no she 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 had that happen uh, I, I know she's dating a an nba player now i think yeah so, so uh, all that to be said is not to dredge up old memories here but just to say that there's kind of a period where she wasn't being used on tv as much she kind of had some rough things going on happy to see her back on tv and to your point looking refreshed refocused yeah. you know they haven't ever done much with her uh, but i would like to see them maybe expand on that a little bit because i think she she does have uh, she's got a great look, and I think she does have something to offer this division if used properly, especially the way WWE uses women's wrestling. She's she's definitely got one of the better entrances in WWE. That Sonya Blade yep. cartwheel, cartwheel flip is always cool, you know? Sonya Blade, yes. It, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Props, Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's right. Um, so uh, shifting gears here, let's talk about um, some more, <laughs> some more goings on in the world of professional wrestling. Wrestling Observer reporting that WWE signed Goldberg to a deal – for the Saudi show and potentially more shows because they don't want him to go to AEW. I guess there was a genuine, genuine concern. If he wasn't under a contract, he would go elsewhere and could, you know, become an attraction to, to lure laps fans over to, to AEW. Uh, so Goldberg is here. Lashley has called him out on Twitter. Goldberg has responded with a fist bump emoji. It is on like Donkey Kong between these two. Um, you know, good call here for WWE locking this guy down, but realistically, I don't know what you do with a Goldberg here. If he's going to be around for a little bit. Pairing him with Bobby Lashley is actually a pretty good idea. You can have this whole spear versus spear, whatever going on, and, and these guys match up well physically, I think. I don't know how much Goldberg can still do, but hopefully, you know, these guys won't have a clinical wrestling classic, but the kind of match they have would be very Brock Lesnar, Bill Goldberg esque. So it could be interesting. Um, you know, but, but again, do you keep him around for the long term? Why are you paying this big money to send him to Saudi Arabia? Like, are they demanding him over there for this show? I get, again, taking. 
pieces off the board, just like Game of Thrones right now, right? Remove certain pieces from the board so your opponents can't have access to them, right? Mm-hmm. But but again, I don't know. Listen, he would have been a big deal for AEW. A legend like Goldberg showing up, I don't know again that he adds that much to WWE long-term here other than a few appearances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, appear. I mean, I, I you know, there's a couple matches. You could do Lashley, you know, I think a Roman Reigns match would be fine. You know, uh, Baron Corbin could, you know, you always got to pair that guy with somebody the audience is going to get behind. So, yeah, but Goldberg, but Goldberg's not, I mean, when he did his last run in WWE, outside of kind of the thing he did with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and the kind of brawl they had, which was fun, he didn't do a ton in the ring. And I, I don't know that I'm interested in seeing him, but it's me, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, look, 100 weeks. Hundred jobbers, right? Who doesn't want to watch Goldberg just <laughs> squash some people, right? I'm gonna he's gonna break the streak. You, you know what? I actually I'll tease this right now. On Thursday, I'm gonna release an interview I did this morning. I did it at eight o'clock in the morning. It was someone who was part of Goldberg's original streak. Oh. Do you wanna know who it is? Yes. Barry Horowitz. There we go. Look at you, buddy. Dude, I got to talk I started my day talking to Barry Horowitz. I'm releasing it Thursday because I gotta give the writers a couple days here to to put together some posts but it, you're gonna get to hear from barry i haven't heard from barry yes. orbits in years yes <laughs> that's awesome he's I, getting up there right he's uh he's getting on up there in age 60 years young he's still in there great shape nutritionist um anyway uh anyway got off the tangent there but yeah <laughs> horowitz on thursday goldberg going to saudi arabia uh you talk about removing pieces from the board game of thrones style Yes Weekly is reporting that WWE has pulled Kurt Angle from WrestleCade 2019. No replacement was given to Tracy Myers, the promoter, and he was basically told the reason Kurt's being pulled is because he is associated with AEW, a claim he denies. So Can I just can I just tell you this is my home turf here, uh, WrestleCade just on the street from my house. Yeah. And Yes Weekly right here in the Triad publication work work with people over there before. So this whole thing reeks of WWE just being petty and yes Russell Cade, yes, they have talent from Impact Wrestling. They'll have talent from AEW, but they have been before all of these organizations were around. Russell Cade was doing this giant indie super show every year, and it feels so, 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 so petty. I guarantee you this story by Yes Weekly was put out there specifically. I bet you Tracy Myers went to the editors at Yes Weekly and said, can you run this because this is bull malarkey here. Um, and, and, and they have a right to be pissed because WWE is, again, they're being petty, but they're also kind of screwing with the fans because a guy like Kurt Angle doesn't come through this area very often, and you're pulling him for one of the biggest conventions of the year. It's just I wonder silly. what I wonder what the breaking point is for fans, right? Because like this stuff, you're right; it does nothing to build WWE goodwill. They're removing a, a, a memory. People bought tickets for this, you yeah. know. I get like stopping things before they happen and can be booked, but like this, the Undertaker thing. It's like, come on, man. You know, these this stuff, these people made deals. You're you're not doing anything to endear the fans right now, especially when it sounds like you need them more than ever. Well, it's strange to me too, because they actually had Kane at this convention last year doing pictures and signing autographs, right? So I don't get what's different this year than last year, WWE. Fans are still gonna go to WrestleCade. This does nothing in my mind but hurt WWE more than anybody. Yeah. Uh, very interesting, uh, interesting plays here going on. And speaking of interesting plays, uh, a little, uh, a little different Vince McMahon story here. The XFL announced the broadcast deals they have for this upcoming season. They are going to be on ABC and Fox. First of all, broadcast TV. They will also be on FS1, ESPN, FS2, and ESPN2. Sports Illustrated is reporting that there are going to be no rights fees 
paid by ESPN or Fox for the content, but both are going to promote the league and handle ad sales. This is a big deal, Mike. It's a big deal. Well, this is where we get to kind of pat Vince McMahon on the back because while creatively WWE is struggling, Vince McMahon, the businessman, knows how to do the deals and make the partnerships. And the fact that he's been with the brand for so long, like WWE, and established them, it allows him to go to broadcast partners like ABC and Fox and Disney, really, to create a deal to get XFL out there in a way that the other upstart football promotion from earlier this year, um, what was it? The uh, AAFL. Yeah, I knew it was a bunch of letters, right? AAFL. Could not. They were on CBS and CBS Sports, right? So this immediately makes XFL feel big time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say they're going to be successful, but this does set them up for success better than they were before, I believe. 100%. Good names being attached to all the different, uh, all the different teams right now. They've released the full schedule, which channels to tune into. They got over a year out right now. They're still going to uh, get some kind of draft going, right? We're going to see what these teams are made of. I mean, there's still some big milestones to create momentum going into this season that we haven't even seen yet. Uh, I thought this was just very, very well executed. If I'm AEW, I'm taking notes about how this thing got rolled out, got picked up by everybody. Uh, I do wonder, you know, as I'm looking at this, it's like, Vince, you're right, very hands-on here, the ability to pull all these deals together. Is this a reason we're seeing Raw become so funky right now? Because this guy's just distracted elsewhere trying to do this other thing. It's got to have an impact, especially a hands-on manager like Vince when he's distracted by a huge initiative like launching the XFL. Absolutely. Now, he, he launched the XFL during the height of the Attitude Era once before, and they seem to be okay back then, but it's a different different world right now that we live in. So I would love to see this be the reason that Vince McMahon steps away from WWE. Give him a year. Let him finish out this. Get to the Fox deal. He already said the Fox is going to be a big reset for WWE. He takes over XFL 2020, and Triple H kind of takes the reins. Now, I had this thought earlier when I was reading that tweet that Hunter liked and then unliked. You know, one of the points that was made by that Twitter fan was uh, that the wrestlers should have insurance. Do you think that if WWE came out with a big press release and campaign to say, we have announced a new... Uh, policy employment policy uh, for our superstars that includes full health insurance and benefits. Do you think that that would have uh, uh, that would help the ratings if the fans saw that the company was actively trying to uh, address these issues and, and take better care of their performers? No, I don't think so. It's a creative issue, right? I think that if you had done that in conjunction with better creative, you generate a lot of goodwill. But it's like that old adage about how doing you can do one thing to lose a customer, but you've got to do 10 things to win them back. That alone would not bring somebody back to watching weekly television. If you had done it along the way, maybe it would help and help blunt some of the trauma from – the over overseas deal with the Saudis, but no, I don't think it makes a but meaningful that, difference in ratings. But that's the thing is, I don't think it's the Saudi deal or the no insurance deal or Hulk Hogan's back or whatever else, you know, the other negative stuff. That comes. I think it's the fact that it's all piled up and yeah. gone together, right? And if you can start, I think you're right, making better criticism, but start chipping away at some of these criticisms you've been get, getting from fans. Because look, this guy tweeted about it. I hear it all the time. You know, I'm not deaf. Right? Like, we could sit here and pretend, like, oh, you know, oh, these people are just complaining. They're not actually turning off their TV or whatever. 30% of people turned off their TV from WWE from last year to this year, right? And I think part of it is creative, but I think the other part of it is just the emotional relationship, especially fans that are getting older uh, and they are developing their own (laughs) opinions and worldviews walk away from this stuff, you know? 
Yeah. And it's different. It's something different for everybody that is the final straw. And so maybe to you, it's the insurance to maybe to me, it's the Saudi, you know, it could be whatever, but all these things together to your point are what's caused a 30% drop off. So again, you could add that one thing. It might earn you a little bit of goodwill, but you've already dug such a deep hole. One thing is not going to step you out of it. (laughs) Uh, Shifting gears back to the world of pro wrestling here. Good, good football, <laughs> good football talk. Good football talk. Uh, wrestling Observer, I guess, because yeah, we totally weren't talking wrestling. Uh, good, <laughs> good minute of football talk that led to wrestling. Not more wrestling. Wrestling Observer reporting. Uh, no, not this isn't. I went too fast. In my run sheet here. Bray Wyatt has told the fans on Twitter he is working on bringing Luke Harper to the Firefly Funhouse. Thank God. He also revealed that he's been putting overtime on Twitter. He has revealed he put out a secret message in eight consecutive NXT promos in 2015. Uh, if anybody wants to go hunt those down and find what phrases seem to let a lot of place, uh, be my guest. Uh, last night on Firefly Funhouse, Mercy the Buzzard ate Ramblin' Rabbit. <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> and uh, for next week, Bray has teased that he's going to reveal a secret message to fan, fans based on the following clues. One, treat it more as a poem than a statement. Two, it begins with a question answered vaguely several lines later. Three, Limbo. Uh, hmm. Okay. A lot to take in there. Uh, thoughts on the current state of Firefly Funhouse, Luke Harper, and whatever this message is. I'm digging everything about this. Again, who knows what's actually in that secret message or if he's just making stuff up to screw with the fans. There's got to be something out there, right? Because mm-hmm. he wouldn't maybe. Uh, who knows? But I, I watched the, um, I love it again, Firefly Funhouse, such a great promo. Watched it last night. Was kind of in and out of sleep a little bit because of the fact that I was started Raw late and whatever else. And it made it feel even more like a fever dream. <laughs> so again, kudos to Bray Wyatt, this Firefly Funhouse, and the production team, right? Firefly Funhouse, one of the few things on Raw that I think is really gelling right now. You know, Luke Harper, I would love to see him do something with Bray Wyatt. I mean, Luke Harper is so expressive. He's got really expressive eyes, really expressive face that I think he could bring to life some kind of weird, this kind of happy-go-lucky version of himself that's secretly dark. Um, yeah, and and yeah, rest in peace, Ramblin' Rabbit. Luke Harper is the mailman, right? Oh, mailman, yes. mailman Harper. That's it. You're a genius. <laughs> Nick, you are a genius today. Mailman Harper bringing the mail uh yeah he doesn't even need to be all upbeat and happy either i could be like luke harper shows up there's like blood stains on his like male <laughs> uniform and it's like never explained you know who knows uh all right uh wrestling observer reporting lars sullivan's diving headbutt is going to be reserved for special occasions uh his sit out power bomb is going to be his uh, regular finishing move that's probably for the best big yeah. game like that uh speaking of big men wrestling inc uh we confirmed this uh last week just before the tv tapings Brian Cage was pulled from the TV tapings due to the back injury he sustained at Rebellion. He could be out longer than just these tapings from what uh, it sounds like. Um, He was not stripped of the title at the TV taping, so they're going to stick with him. But really bad timing here for Brian Cage, especially not being able to be on TV while holding that Impact Championship. I think it's crazy that they didn't take the title off. Again, really hate to hear this about Brian Cage with all the momentum they had coming out of Rebellion. But it's a little bit crazy to me Impact did not strip him of the championship here just because it kind of puts a cramp in your creative style not being able to work especially with the unknown if you knew he was going to be out for two weeks yeah okay whatever but there's some you know idea here that he could be out just a little bit longer than that or who knows how long so curious decision to me but they know what they're doing i guess yeah uh we out and you know there's a lot to like on impact right now i see brian king great champion you know but he's not the he's not the only he's not i mean he's the big elephant in the room he's the biggest elephant in the room but uh you know there's other 
acts at Impact right now that have come together. And I think, you know, it is sad to see Cage out. But, you know, give it a chance, guys. Impact's doing some really good work right now. Uh, and speaking of doing some good work, Kenny Omega attacked Chris Jericho at a Southern Honor wrestling show in Georgia over the weekend because 2019 Pro Wrestling, am I right, yo? <laughs> Just this statement is crazy. Attacks Chris Jericho at Southern Honor Wrestling Show in Georgia. Yeah, man, it is. <laughs> you know, but here they got to get a TV deal going or now soon. I know I, I sound like a broken drum here, but the longer these guys keep showing up just at indie shows and kind of stretching this along, I feel like it's you know the fans they're not they don't dislike it. They're not tuned out completely, but I feel like it's starting to feel like more of the same. And I need a little twist here, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they they can't be just indie guys going to indie shows. The big deal has got to come in to cement their status. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of big deal here, Chris Jericho has been announced as Okada's next opponent for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He'll face him at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. This caught me completely off guard. I mean, I guess in the back of my head, I had remembered hearing Jericho kept his deal with AEW open so he could still work for New Japan. But man, you know, again, MSG, ROH, and New Japan different pages that ends the thing that ends the casting i know really uh salted some people very interesting here that chris jericho now in the main event picture for new japan pro wrestling you know what i mean dude is chris jericho i mean he's been having a stellar couple of years but consider this he's going from double or nothing 15 days later to go challenge okada for the iwgp heavyweight championship and that's a crazy little cycle right here and i'm glad they're letting chris jericho float back and forth i think it does mean something more meaningful between AEW and new japan pro wrestling which would i think would be a huge boon to both parties here but this out of nowhere this heavyweight championship match not out of nowhere entirely but just kind of a great surprise over the weekend chris jericho you know, you got to give him credit, right? He's he's promoting the hell out of AEW, but he is keeping himself out there as kind of being the focus of a lot of things in the pro wrestling industry right now, despite not being a WWE. It would be very compelling. <laughs> it would be a compelling argument for AEW to say, hey, come work with us instead of Ring of Honor if, you know, I don't know, Chris Jericho were the actual IWGP World right. Heavyweight Champion. Yep. You know, and, and I, I, I think that, you know, I'm... I'm a casual New Japan viewer. I try to keep up with it to the best of my abilities. I do catch the big shows. I have a pretty good sense, I think, of what's going on. I don't put it past them to put this belt on Jericho at Dominion. I know it would be a short title reign for Okada, but the whole build with Jay White and Okada, that was its own thing. And they paid it off. They got to where they wanted to be. The Okada win at MSG. What's the next thing here? I, you know, The belt will find its way back to Okada in time. Chris Jericho is the champ right now in New Japan. That's an that's a very interesting dynamic for me. And and it's an interesting dynamic for American fans. Remember, their biggest area of expansion right now for New Japan Pro Wrestling is here in the United States, right? It's here in the West. And and so I think it'd be a smart business move as well if you want to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, a lot going on here. Uh, well, speaking of going on, a Canadian indie promoter, Hotshot Danny Duggan, uh, was recently involved in a terrible car wreck and lo and behold, the man who saved him from drowning after his car capsized into, I guess, a lake or a river was former WCW cruiserweight Psychosis. Psychosis saved a man's life in Canada from nearly drowning. I just had to include that in the run sheet. That's an incredible story. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Good job, Psychosis. And lastly here, I, uh, we got some Willie Mack news. We're going to move to our Willie Mack block here. PWInsider.com reporting the NWA is not very happy with Willie Mack signing with Impact because... They had plans for him to join the NWA full-time. The NWA 
feels Lucha Underground steered him to signing with Impact because there's a relationship there. And Nick Aldis went so far as to say on Twitter that he thought Mac was taken advantage of. I believe that tweet has since been deleted. Um, interesting. Dude, it's a, it's a land grab right now. Willie Mac, hot commodity here. Sounds like Impact Wrestling's ability to you know be one of the first in the room to work with Lucha Underground paid dividends on this one. Absolutely. Willie Mack, you know, we talked about him earlier. We're going to do this the interview coming up shortly. Willie Mack is a going to be a much bigger name in the coming years, I do believe. Already kind of has his name out there. Obviously, with all these different parties trying to get at him, that should tell you what you need to know. Uh, what I want to say here, though, is I love Nick Aldis's passion right now for NWA. NWA has been quietly doing its own thing over there. You got a lot of good stuff coming out of the Crockett Cup last weekend. But Nick Aldis is, man, he is shouldering the weight of this company and really trying to carry it to the promised land. So I don't mind him being a little bit bold and brash in his statements here about Willie Mack. But I just also want to call out Nick Aldis for, you know, he's being a great face of that company and props to him, dude. I want to get, <laughs> I want to be done with this recording because I know we've gone longer, but I have to mention how like, yeah, the Crockett Cup was good, right? Very well done. Yeah. 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 You remember good how stuff. Ring of Honor helped uh, a couple guys do a show called All In, right? And like <laughs> essentially taught them all how to do big shows that were well-produced <laughs> and give them exposure and all of those great things. And uh, I don't I don't think that was a good call on their part <laughs> uh, in retrospect. But, uh, man, it's just like they're doing it again for Billy in the yep. NWA. And it's just something to, to kind of think on, isn't it? Yep. Yep, yep, yeah. They are. They are sometimes. They're. They've been this way for many, many years. Um, they've had a lot of talent come through their doors. A lot of resources sometimes by Sinclair, and yet sometimes business-wise, they prove to be their own worst enemy. My guest at this time has recently signed a multi-year contract with Impact Wrestling. It is Willie Mack. Willie, welcome back. Welcome to Winkley. Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, Willie. I'm very excited to have you here for this big scoop. Uh, we are getting to announce that you have re-signed with Impact Wrestling multiple years. Uh, what can you tell us about this contract and why you decided to uh, make Impact Wrestling your home here for the next little while? Well, the contract was good and everything seemed all right in this Impact Wrestling, I've been watching their way back in the day when they used to have a weekly pay-per-view. It was like 12 bucks. Oh, man. On Wednesdays. And uh, the one thing I wanted to go to, the reason why, was the X Division, the six-sided ring, but they don't have that no more. <laughs> and because they have the best talent in the world, it's like, why wouldn't I want to be here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you still going to be able to do independent shows and things like that? Or are you exclusively Impact Wrestling now? No, I can still do independent shows. That's the one thing I really want to do because I love wrestling. It's just like I'm not the type of guy I just want to stay in one place. I want to go around to different places. So now people still got the chances to see me everywhere else. And the bonus, I'm on Impact. <laughs> yeah, now that you are here on Impact, you mentioned the X Division. Is that your goal? Are you looking to be X Division champion, or, or what are your other goals here now with Impact Wrestling? Oh, my goal is here is just to have fun and do my thing and wrestle. Of course, I want to be the X Division champion, but I want to be the heavyweight champion, tag team. The only thing I can't go for is the knockouts title, so yeah. You know, that's not necessarily true, Willie. I actually interviewed Taya Valkyrie yesterday, believe it or not. And I asked her 
with all the intergender wrestling if she'd put the knockouts title on the line against a man. And she said, absolutely. She would love to do that. Oh, well, that'll be bad. I'll be all happy to win. But then you look and it's the knockouts title. And you'll be like, oh, it's going down. Uh, I don't know. I think you'd be a great knockouts champion myself, Willie. I think you'd be great. Damn. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you've been seen here over the past few months on Impact TV alongside uh, Rich Swan. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Rich and what's it like working with him? Um, our relationship with Rich is good because we kind of like brothers, even though we ain't blood related, because I saw him back in the day when he was barely scratching to get a start and do a Dragon Gate and stuff. And we talked it up way back. Like 2010, maybe the first time I met him. Okay. And then we kicked it off, and they said, "Hey, you want to be Rich's tag partner for Bound for Glory?" And I'm like, "All right, hell yeah, I ain't got no problem with that. We good." And I see he got talent, I got talent. We put that together. <laughs> we hella talented, so we came to show the world what we got. Uh, what do you think about how, um, with the Sammy Callahan feud and everything, the OVVE feud with uh, Rich, how they brought up a lot of really personal details about Rich's life, you know, in particular about, you know, how his dad was murdered when he was a kid and things like that? Well, I see, like, that's a low blow. It's like, this man been through so much, you're going to rub that in his face to try to get him to join your crew. But it's like, if he don't want to join it, why keep pursuing him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I got his back, because sometimes you can't do it by yourself. You need friends' help or family's help. And I guess I'm the closest thing the family that man got. And I'm going to be there for him just like I know he'll be there for me. So would you say that we could anticipate maybe seeing more of you and Rich here, especially since Rich you know, came up a little short here against Sammy at Rebellion this past Sunday? Oh, yeah. Due to technical difficulties, I can't make it to Rebellion. But, like, I'm here now. If you want my help, I'm there. If you want to take care of it by yourself, I understand he's a man. He'll do what he want to do, but I'm here. There you go. Uh, you know, you have had uh, several bouts here at Impact already. I mean, you're not, uh, like, you're. it's awesome to hear you're going to be around for a while, but people have a familiarity with you in the world of Impact Wrestling. Um, outside of Rich, you know, who are the people you've enjoyed working with the most and you look forward to working with more that you're going to be at the company long term? Yeah, a bunch of folks, like, I really want to get in with Moose because mm. I know he's a big dude and we'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure we can make some magic happen. And uh, Brian Cage is one of my feud with him all over the country in different and different countries, matter of fact. So yeah. I guess it's time to bring that to Impact. And speaking of Impact, I wouldn't mind having to go at Johnny Impact to show him what's good because <laughs> I got some unfinished business with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys were both a part of Lucha Underground. Um, you are now, while I bring that up, you guys, uh, are you free and clear now of Lucha Underground? I know there's a lot of talent that's been kind of in and out, uh, settling their contracts at the promotion. Uh, I'm not sure because I'm still a part of them. So if they want me, they can call me or whatever what happens. But yeah, I'm just trying to do other stuff and keep everything going and positive because I'm a chill dude. Yeah. And I was just going to sit this thing out and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Now I, I had read a report that the Lucha Underground had actually sent a, like basically a, a quasi cease and desist letter. It sounds like to NWA and ROH 
for using you at the Crockett Cup. Is that the case? Are they really trying to stop you from from wrestling different places? Would that be an issue here with Impact? I guess. Uh, I'm not too sure about that because it's a trip if everything came out of nowhere and it's like I hear one thing from one person and then another thing from someone else and it's like I don't really know what to believe so I just go with the flow. I don't, I don't know. As long as I'm still able to wrestle, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, now, you have been wrestling. You wrestle all over the country, all over the world, like you pointed out. I know you've been a regular for House of Har- Hardcore for a while now. Tommy Dreamer, obviously, is an agent backstage in Impact. Was he somebody that helped bring you full-time into the Impact fold? Yeah, he's one of the dudes that's been pulling for me. It's crazy because I met him years ago, and I didn't think I was going to see him again. And he started up House of Hardcore. And hit me up and said, hey, you want to wrestle for me? I'm like, all right. I thought I was going to be crappy and nobody would have liked me, but he constantly booked me. And at WrestleMania in New Orleans, that's when I won the House of Hardcore TV title for the first time. Yeah. And I've had it ever since, so i had it for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it like working with Tommy? How is he as a friend, as an agent? I mean, what is he? Uh, what have you learned working with Tommy Dreamer? Uh, he got a good mind for the business, and he's kind of crazy, but not in a bad way. He's good, crazy. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like he looked for the best for me because it's like he barely knew me but took me on his wing somewhat and had me wrestling all these top-notch people, and I'm his champion. So, I mean, he got a lot of confidence in me, which feels good because coming up, I didn't think, I was going to do a damn thing in wrestling. Like, you dream of being a world champion and stuff like that. You know, it was a dream, but when it finally happened and somebody's backing you 100%, it feels kind of good and lets you know you're doing something right. Yeah, no, I mean, Tommy Dreamer, I mean, absolute legend. You know, but Tommy, you know, obviously is known for being hardcore. House of Hardcore is the name of his promotion. I look at what Sammy Callahan is doing. I look at the brutality that LAX and Lucha Brothers put themselves through in that Full Metal Mayhem match at Rebellion. I mean, are are you open to, to going those places? Do you do you see yourself as a guy who can go hardcore and thumbtacks and all that stuff with the rest of them? Oh, hell yeah. I grew up as an XPW kid out there on the West Coast. I was into all that CZW and everything else, so I ain't no stranger to it. If it comes down a day, I'm booked in a match like that. I'm going to go in full-hearted, not go halfway and just kind of fill it out. I'm going to do my best because I'm out there to prove that any kind of style they throw at me, I'll be able to handle it and make it my own. Man, it's just it's just crazy stuff, man. You know, the human body is not meant to fall 15 feet through wood and, and thumbtacks. So, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Um, now you decided here to pick, uh, to pick impact wrestling. Um, but obviously it's a really vibrant time for pro wrestling right now. You know, before you settled on impact, uh, were you talking with or considering, you know, going to AEW or possibly going back to WWE where I know you were for a short time? Eh, any place is good, but I always wanted to do impact because I saw all the talent and the stuff that's going on with them and, it seems like they're getting a lot of buzz, and I want to be a part of that buzz to keep them going in the future. So you, that was a choice for me right there. Yeah, and, you know, uh, on the note of WWE, I mean, I know you were only there for like a month or so. 
Um, what what was up with that? Why I just kind of read a blip there where you're only there for like a month. What happened there? Why why did you why were you not long for the world of WWE? Well, I wasn't in WWE at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I got signed in February of two thousand. Let me see, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and then I was signed for six months, and they was doing the background checks and everything. And I was supposed to go down there October twenty sixth, two thousand fourteen. But they hit me up a week before, and I was supposed to report down there and say, "Oh." Don't plan on coming down. The doctor said you don't like how one of your knees feel and don't like how your blood pressure is. And I'm like, what? Y'all had me do this tryout, sign off my life, telling me you're going to give me all this cash. And then right before I'm about to leave, saying my goodbyes and everything, they kicked me up and said, oh, don't plan on coming. Oh, man. And then it's like, that was five years ago now. Yeah. I mean, if something was wrong with me, it would have popped up by now, but I just think it's a whole lot of other stuff. And I heard some things from a few people. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happened, if anything, if they ever hit me back up. Yeah. Man, crazy to think about. You know, that that's the thing is one door closed, another door opened here. Awesome to see you here at Impact Wrestling. You've been tearing it up. You were, re- like, recently. I'm talking, like, this past weekend. You were the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. You, you lost that to Cole Cabana. Talk to me a little about what it was like to work for the NWA and ROH there and carry that historical title around your waist. Yeah, it's cool. It was great because I was the first one in, like, years when the new revamps all back to the first one. And being with Ring of Honor, just like Impact, I knew everybody in the locker room. I know all the office folks, and it was a good locker room and everything. But I guess now that I'm with Impact, I'm just going you to know, stick around. If it's there in the future, good. If not, hey, it was fun working with them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's so great right now about the pro wrestling environment is, you know, you've got companies like NWA and ROH working together. You know, you've got Impact and Rockstar. You know, Impact has actually done a great job, I think, of working with several promotions, especially with their Impact Plus pro, uh, platform they've got now. You spent many years with PWG, I know, which is like the hottest indie company, and they're notoriously uh, a little reserved. Is that a company you'd like to see maybe work with Impact in the future? Yeah, basically they could, because it's just like they're using everybody from all these other companies. Yeah. So it's like, why not just go ahead and partner up and do something? Because it's like, the thing I want to see in wrestling is, like, everybody working together. Because it's us, like, WWE and everybody else all at each other's throats now. But it's like, it's pro wrestling. We all trying to make money. We're the dudes in the middle just doing the wrestling. And these companies don't make their money no matter what. But if they join up, they don't realize how much money they can generate and get more fans back into it. Like, you see dream matches from, like, a dude from one company versus another dude you never thought would happen. It's like, I don't know if other people see that big picture, but that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I asked you at the top if you'd still be able to do indie stuff. Because, you know, guys like you that are so popular on the independent scene or have created so much clout on the indies, you bring so much value to companies like uh, Impact Wrestling, Willie. I really do, because you're like an ambassador to all this young talent that wants to be where you're at. And every time I've talked to anybody about you or had a chance to speak with you, I've always been so humble and nice, and I know that you're going to do a lot of good for Impact Wrestling. Um, I'll, I'll kind of close here by saying i gotta, I got to ask you about the buzziest thing right now. There is a free agent 
it looks like on the market. Um, I don't know if he'd come to Impact Wrestling, but did you get a chance to check out that John Moxley viral video that he dropped online a couple nights ago? Oh yeah, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but yeah, that would be sweet if he came through because I was watching John Moxley back when he was in uh, CG Dub. Oh yeah, you know, involving all that stuff. So I ain't no stranger to him. As a matter of fact, I like to get a match with him or something if anybody down to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, again, talk to Don Callis, I guess. He'd be him or Scott Demore, you know. I'd like to see it too, Willie. Uh, it's a very exciting time right now. And again, I just couldn't be happier to see you uh, in the mix and, and sticking around here for Impact Wrestling for the foreseeable future. Um, it's really great, I think, what Impact is doing right now. Just in general, I guess we'll, we'll close up here by saying, you know, talk to me about what you think of the Impact Wrestling product right now and, and why you think what they're doing is working. I think it's great right now because it's like how this has been so far, people talking about it, and everybody wants to come through and get a shot at Impact Wrestling. And the way I guess they improved, they partnered up with Mucha Underground and Rockstar and all these other companies to like make something they product a little different than everybody else's. And so if they keep sticking to that formula, it'll be good for the better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Willie, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, all those great things on social media? Oh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Willie underscore Mac. Same thing on my Instagram. You can follow me. Actually, you can follow my uh, fan page. It's official Willie Mac on Facebook. And then you can go to my Pro Wrestling Tea store and pick up some T-shirts because I got pets and myself to feed <laughs> and video games to buy and stuff like that. Where else can you go? Oh, you can follow me on uh, Snapchat. It's Willie Mac 87 And then I got, that's about it. I got my PlayStation too, but I can't remember my PlayStation username, but. Yeah, that's about it. Just go ahead and do all that good stuff, and we'll keep in contact. See where I'm at. Dustin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think your name says it all. No legs. You you have no legs. Is, is this correct, Dustin? Yes? Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Well, I mean, we're doing a podcast here. You know, it's like I've seen you wrestle. I mean, it is disgustingly inspiring how cool it is to get to watch you wrestle in the ring dustin um let's start let's start right with it like how did this come about were you were you born without legs or is this something that happened later in later in your life uh yeah i had it was basically since i've been born i had a uh a spinal issue from my knees down so i had to have them amputated at like three so it's it's all i've ever known Wow, that's that's crazy. And so when did you decide that you wanted to be a pro wrestler? Uh, it was always a dream of mine. I love I've always loved pro wrestling since all I can remember. Um, I'm a sports fan. I love all sports, but wrestling was something that really stuck out for me. I was an amateur wrestler my whole life from four years old till college. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to do it. It was a matter of how. Okay, so I didn't even know that you did the amateur wrestling background. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how hard was it for you to get into amateur wrestling and, and adapt to that space in high school? Uh, I was lucky enough to join a really successful program, uh, Union Endicott, where it's actually one that John Jones is from, the okay. uh, UFC fighter. Familiar. Um, so I was lucky enough to be, like, a really 
good program. They were great about it. Um, I was really successful with it. I was good. I was great uh, at it. So, I mean, it was never really a problem for me because I was just always stronger than most of the other kids anyway. So, Did you ever have any, like, uh, tournaments or anything come up where they were, like, nervous about letting you compete? Was that ever a hurdle for you? Um, they weren't ever nervous for me to compete as long as I know. Um, but I, I do remember a few kids that, uh, when we were really young, they were crying because they didn't want to wrestle me because my arms are so much bigger than theirs. <laughs> That's why they're like, he's just going to maul me with those arms over there. That's insane. So when you're wrestling, I know it's like, are you still, are you still doing the same weight class and everything? Is that why you were able to have so much more upper body mass? Yeah. Uh, so I was. As strong as kids, probably 30, 40 pounds heavier than me, but I weighed about 30 or 40 pounds less than them. So my ability to be just way stronger than the smaller weight classes was really what drives me. Man, that's that's crazy. And so you're doing amateur wrestling. So the whole time you were amateur wrestling, I'm guessing you had dreams of pro wrestling. So who were the, who were the wrestlers that influenced you? Who were the wrestlers that caught your eye and made you want to get into this carnival world? Uh, so like Shawn Michaels, uh, I remember a specific one was, uh, he came out at Madison square garden. I remember the ovation he got and I was just from there on, I was just like, all right, this is what I, I would love to do. Uh, of course, uh, and then Jeff Hardy was a, another one and uh, diamond Dallas page were that was a surprising one. So how were your, how were your folks about this? Like you getting into wrestling and like ultimately wanting to get into pro wrestling, were they, <laughs> Scared or very supportive? Uh, supportive. They're supportive about uh, everything I've ever done. I mean, they're par- my parents, so they wanted me to go to college, so I did that for a while. But uh, I just knew that it wasn't going to be for me. So yeah. I needed to do pro wrestling. I needed to find a way at least to give it a shot. That's uh, So let's get to it here. You know, very cool on the backstory here, hearing about how you, you know, got seasoned in the amateur training world. But who who was your trainer? How did you get into training? Who was the one that took you under their wing? Uh, so I tried a ton of companies. I emailed a bunch a couple times. I even got, I got some flat out no's and just non-responses. So I ended up contacting ECPW in uh, New Jersey with Gino Caruso and he gave me a shot when nobody really else would. So he's been that, I mean, he is the reason I'm here today. He's been great. Man. So, I mean, talk to me through like, what was your mentality like as you're applying and you're, you're getting no response back. I mean, were you emboldened more to, to push forward or did you find yourself kind of getting discouraged as you were trying to get into this world? Uh, well, the way I look at uh, everything I do is uh, I'm going to do it and nothing will stop me because that's just who I am and how I've succeeded in most of my uh, life. So I just kept going. I drove, yeah, because uh, ECPW is actually two and a half hours away. So I was doing that multiple times a week driving down there just to train damn damn and i'm I'm guessing because uh, i actually i actually owned a car in high school that was owned by a double amputee before and it had these holes in the car where you could actually pull on the brake and the gas wires at the same time so you could actually drive the car like that i'm just wondering is that like kind of how you were driving back and forth from training yeah um i have an F-150 that has all that stuff in it, but I also can have a portable pair that I can rent cars and drive any car with. I gotcha. Okay, cool. So you get in there, and you're training to become a pro wrestler. 
Like, how different is it training to become a pro wrestler versus, you know, obviously your background in amateur wrestling? Um, it really, it really wasn't uh, too different. I think what it really was was proving to people that uh, my athleticism was uh, there, and that they didn't need to really worry about what I what I could do, but like more be more creative about it. Okay. And what were the and how how much did you have to differentiate the way you were training versus the way everyone else was training? Was there or was there any difference? Not really. They did a pretty good way of treating me, basically the same as any other guy that was there. Okay, cool. Um, and has that you know has there been any like harsh criticisms or any further adversity from the pro wrestling world since you've gotten into it, or were you pretty good about getting into that space and quickly kind of? you know, making it known that you, you belonged. I thought it was pretty good at making it known. I belong from day one. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how other people felt. I'm sure. I mean, I know I've seen negative responses, but that's anything you'll ever do. It's not stuff I haven't heard before in my life. So it wasn't too, too bad though. of Negativity. It was mostly positive. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been all positive. You know, that's the thing is like, I would love to, to, to have this talk about how you're over, overcoming adversity and everything. But, you know, I was at, I didn't make it to Janelle's Spring Break Part 1, though I did watch it. And I saw your match with Tony. We'll get to here in just a second. But I was at Spring Break Part 2, the Cluster F. And when you came out, man, that place went absolutely wild. They love you, man. How are you handling the buzz right now? Uh, that you have coming out of these WrestleMania weekend shows? Uh, the best I can, really. It's been really busy um, just trying to answer people, book shows and stuff. It's been great. I mean, I can only appreciate the love I get for it. Now, you had this match with Tony Deppin at Janela Spring Break 1, which is really what kind of, I think, set the tone for the weekend because I know by the time the Cluster F came around, I was already hearing from a bunch of my friends, wrestling friends, that were like, I got to get in there with this guy. I want to take that nub one nine. How did the match with Tony Deppin and GCW at Janela Spring Break Part 1 come together? Uh, so I got contacted. I did a match for ECPW in September, and not long after that, uh, Joey contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be part of the show. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, you know, just went off from there. Man, well, talk to me working about Tony Deppin. How was he? That was a real fun match you guys had. He was a great antagonist for you. Tell me a little bit about what it was like to, to work with Tony. Uh, awesome and, you know, easy because he's great at what he does. Um, he's like really good at what he does. So it was, uh, pretty easy. I thought, you know, cause I went down there and didn't know who I was performing with actually. So, okay. No, I was with him until I got there, so, <laughs> okay. but it was great. Phenomenal. Okay. Um, and, and you mentioned that Joey was the one that reached out to you. Uh, I'm a big fan of Joey's. Joey has done a lot of work to help, I feel like, get so many people to the next level here in just the past few years. Uh, what's your relationship like with Joey? How has it been to, to work with him? Oh, fantastic. It's changed my life. I mean, it, uh, he put me on that show. I don't think I was truly prepared for the response I got. Yeah. But he, he's been nothing but helpful and great. Yeah, he's great. Who are, of the people that have reached out to you, like, of support, is there anybody that you're like, wow, I can't believe that person took the time to, like, reach out and, like, say something nice and, and talk to me after this? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks on Twitter. Uh, that was, uh, 
I don't know if you saw that, but that was great. They uh, saw my highlights on something. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah, didn't they make a comment about how they were going to book you? Isn't that what they said on Twitter? Oh, uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, like, that was that was uh, kind of where I was going with this. I mean, where's that at? Have you talked to them beyond tweets? I mean, are you in the mix for anything involving AEW? Uh, I uh, have... I can't confirm anything, but I am at Starcast in Vegas, so I would uh, watch and wait and see. How does it feel right now to be in this pro wrestling space? I mean, what do you think about the launch of AEW, just the vibrancy of it? I mean, obviously, you're getting to hear it from all sides right now as people are coming at you with these offers. It's great. Uh, I love doing this, and I love to continue doing it. I've got plenty of shows lined up and stuff. Yeah, I mean, AEW is going to be great, I think. Uh, and I hope they have a great successful run and stuff because the more companies, the more entertainers and wrestlers can get shown worldwide. Yeah, and you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what are the other promotions that have reached out to you? I mean, have you had any talks with WWE or Impact or, or ROH even? No, none, none of them uh, as of yet. Um it's uh, I'm going to be on GCW tomorrow mm-hmm. again, um, ECPW on Sunday, um, and then uh, there'll be more as we go on. That uh, it's, it's a lot of bookings I have, so I'll be everywhere. Good for you, Dustin. Good for you. Now, you know, with having so much opportunity right now, I mean, is WWE, is that like an end goal for you? Do you think that's a, the, the place you'd, you'd want to be, or would you be fine if you don't wind up there uh, down the road? Uh, it'd be, of course, it'd be great. You know, that's the pinnacle and stuff right now. Uh, I wouldn't mind being there, of course, but it's not really the end goal for me. The end goal is to, uh, you know, just show people that they can do whatever they want and then just inspire people. That's awesome, man. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with both Zach Gowan and Gregory Iron, who are, you know, kind of the same cloth, really inspiring guys in the world of pro wrestling. I mean, have you had a chance to, to hook up with either of them yet? Or, I mean, are, uh, were they influences or inspirations for you at all when you were looking to get where you're at? I wouldn't say uh, inspirations as much. I mean, of course they are inspirational people and such, but uh, I don't really remember watching either one of them too much. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't contacted either one of them uh, as of yet. Okay. I mean, I would be interested to see you hook up with at least Zach Gowan here. You know, between the two of you, there's there's one leg. You know, that's, I don't know. Seems like fun. How, did, right. you get, did you ever, but you never saw Zach and all the stuff he did with Brock Lesnar and SmackDown and everything like that? Yeah, I saw that stuff, but, like, uh, I just saw, I, I saw more of just, like, squashing. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. Because yeah. uh, I don't, you know, it's not really something... You know, something I always learned was just you can't be afraid to say no for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, I mean, that's great that, like, he made it and stuff. And I don't have a problem with any of that. But it was never something where I was like, uh, I want to do just that, you know? Yeah. Now, you, you say never be afraid to say no. I mean, what are the things that you've said no to so far in your career? Because you've only been wrestling for, like, what, it was like eight months ago you debuted or something like that? Yeah, it'd be like eight months I debuted. I've. Uh, but I've been training for about two years now. Um, so I've said no to, yeah, I mean, some people think they're creative when they're truly not. Um, I think that's the biggest problem is there's so many minds in wrestling that they think they're the first person to come up and say stuff. Yeah. One, the worst one I got was like, you know, 
you put, they said they want to put me on a guy's shoulders and you have that big trench coat like you do, like that old gag, you know? Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Not great. Okay. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's uh, the the independence. You know, these are not uh, Juilliard-trained writers some of the times. You get pitched the wildest yeah. stuff. Um, how hard was it for you, or was it hard for you to take on the name No Legs? I mean, I feel like you called it out right there in, in your name. Well, that's uh, it's not even my name, though. Um, oh, I that... think that was a miscommunication. Okay. Uh, I just go by Dustin Thomas, and that was just something the crowds chanted. And I, I guess the commentator said it too, but that's that's not even a name I uh, go by. Oh, okay. So, promote. okay. So, would you prefer that not be your nickname? Are you nicely asking the fans to not chant that or, or call you that? I can't tell people what to chant. I, uh, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's not stuff I haven't heard before. It's as long as they're chanting for me rather than against me. I guess I'm for it. Okay. And uh, I, I called it, I read it here online as the Nub19. Is that what you call your 619 variation, or is that something else that I'm picking up secondhand uh, from from the sheets here right now, from the Internet? Yeah, that'd be another secondhand Internet <laughs> okay. thing. I mean, okay. I think that goes back to the people, you know, thinking they're creative when they're not. Um, it's it's fine with me. Like, I get it. It's the Internet. Can't I can't tell people what to say chant or do i'm just the wrestler the entertainer i can uh you know entertain you i mean that's all i can do about it so it's not anything i worry about so follow what what you will i suppose yeah no that's fine okay well how did how did uh, the origins of your 619 come up like whose idea was that for you to take on that move uh it was mine uh it was something i thought would be like really cool uh because i didn't see a lot of people doing it Mm mm-hmm so besides, of course, Ray Mysterio, um, and this was like while well, he was doing like indie shows, so I wasn't seeing it as much. So I thought that'd be a cool thing to bring back. And I can do so many springboard moves, so that was a perfect uh, thing to set it up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, kind of wrapping it up here, you know, you've got all this momentum here behind you right now. I mean, your moveset is really inventive. And, Justin, again, I can't say enough Nice things about how cool it was to see you at Janela Spring Break Part 2. You had the crowd in the bottom of your hand. You got the 619, my buddy Egotastico, or Egotistico Fantastico, who I always enjoy seeing getting beat up. But what's your ultimate goal here? You know, we've talked a little bit about places you could be talking to or not talking to, you know, all that type of stuff. But what do you want to do in pro wrestling? What's the end game here for you? I don't know if there's an end game. I'd say right now I just want to keep climbing the ranks and uh, show people that, you know, just do whatever you want. Just work hard. Cool. Uh, Whatever you want to do, do it because you can. Dude, that's awesome. Dustin, I want to thank you so much uh, for the time here, uh, taking the time to talk to me here today. Is there anything else you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Uh, Yeah, uh, I'll be in GCW tomorrow. Uh, Crime Wave, and then uh, ECPW in Vessel, New York, uh, Sunday. And then my uh, Twitter is We All Can't Be Me. My pro wrestling page on Facebook and Instagram is just Dustin Thomas Pro Wrestling. So go follow those and uh, enjoy the ride. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining me for our extended opening news talk. Man, these Tuesday shows, the, the business of pro wrestling is just so busy here. 
Um, if I love it, though. It's so much fun, right? It's so much fun. <laughs> it's great. Uh, if you like me and Michael, you can find us. Uh, we're always on WrestlingInc.com. And if you want to support the website, go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlingInc. You can get the old school Wrestling Inc. logo shirt. You can also get our Jack the Jack journalist, our official mascot of Wrestling Inc. Go get that shirt. Show it off. Take a photo. Tag us on Twitter. We'll tweet it out. We'll retweet it out. Give your social media a little bit of love. Uh, if you want to give us some love, go over to our iTunes page. Five-star rating. Nice comments. Always appreciated. Leave a fart joke on the iTunes page. That's something I've, uh, I kind of want to encourage people to do. If you want to don't, like, don't do that. Don't, if you no, want to go no. to the Wrestling Inc. <laughs> iTunes page and leave your best fart joke, I will approve of that. Um, I'm no selling you right now. Don't do that. Don't you do that. fart jokes, dumb stuff. Whatever, man. There was ba- <laughs> Raw, Monday Night Raw is basically a fart joke right now. You know, go for on. it. You do you, commenters and reviewers. Rub some oozy juice or whatever all over our iTunes page. That didn't sound right. Um, <laughs> the ooze. Uh, tomorrow is going to be another big show. Justin Labar will be back. Uh, I will be chatting with former. Uh, Impact Wrestling World Champion Johnny Impact and I have another big interview on tomorrow's show but I'm recording it this afternoon and so uh, in tradition to not jinx myself uh, I'm not going to reveal what it is but I promise you the person I am talking to this afternoon is going to be somebody you're going to want to hear from first thing tomorrow Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in Michael where do you want to send people to find you follow you show you love all those great things if you want my uh, by-the-moment conversations and thoughts on pro wrestling or just general musings on pop culture and entertainment, follow me on Twitter. I am at the Real Wiseman. And as always, if you want cute pictures of my dog, my cats, and everything in between, uh, follow me on Instagram. That is at Wiseman.ma. And uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. I'll catch you tomorrow. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.